Oh boy. All right, here we go. Hello everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Winner Circle. I'm your host Anthony Wynn. And yes, I I know this is this is very delayed, but uh I uh I took a gamble. I took a gamble. The Yankees game was postponed from yesterday, so it got rescheduled to uh to this afternoon, one o'clock, and I was planning on recording before the game, but I thought to myself, well, wouldn't it make sense to wait till the game was over and then react to that? Well, I'm regretting that decision now, but hey, you know, I'm here, and sorry it took so long. <laughs> I have not been in the greatest mood for the for the last couple hours, all right? But uh hey, we got a lot of stuff to talk about, so <clears throat> I couldn't leave y'all hanging this week. But uh so yeah, man. Shit, Jets and Giants both get wins again last week. Uh it's getting very cool to say that. That's the second week in a row that I've said that. Isn't that isn't that crazy? Zach Wilson's undefeated since he's been back. That's crazy. That's good for the Jets. The Jets have some dogs on that team. Uh, since I last spoke to you, the Mets got eliminated. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go into that a little bit. I'm not gonna go crazy into that. It's been a week, kind of. To me, it's a failed season. But like I said, I'll go into that a little bit more. So yeah, you know, after uh, after today's game, Yankees and Guardians played at one o'clock today. Um, it's tied one-one going to Cleveland now, and you got no days off. You're playing tomorrow night in Cleveland, so yeah, man. It's it was it was a tough it it was a tough game, a tough game to watch. Uh, and the Rangers, by the way, are very very good. I'll get into all that, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna react to the game that I just witnessed. And look, overall point, you're just not gonna win games if you can't hit the ball. I mean, it's not gonna happen. It's just not going to happen. Judge 0 for 8 in the series, 7 strikeouts, 1 walk. I mean, I'm going to get into Judge. I, 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 he looks lost right now. He's he's chasing pitches that he doesn't normally chase. Uh, he's normally very good as far as knowing his strike zone. Granted, you know, the, the look, the, you guys got to remember, the umpires are, uh, you know, they are doing the best they can. Some some calls are pretty egregious, but you got to remember they don't see they're they're seeing this in real time. Look, I mean we got the box on TV. There's a detriment to having that because every time we see a ball slightly off the plate, and it says it's a ball on the TV, and the ump calls it a strike. I mean that shit is right there. These guys are human. I mean don't get me wrong. Eventually they're gonna have that robotic ump and everything like that, and then that's gonna change. It's gonna happen eventually. Neither here or there, whatever. Some of the calls were, were pretty bad, but I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and blame the umpire for the game. Trust me, the calls were bad on both sides. I'm not, I'm not sitting here making excuses for the Yankees. They didn't hit the ball. They didn't hit the ball. Oh, excuse me. And it's frustrating. And Judge doing what he's doing is frustrating. I don't think he should be leading off. That's one. I mean, I get, I get the... I get the theory behind leading him off because it gets him the most at bats, but he's batting behind the the tail end of the order, which by the way is actually they're look they're get, they're getting better at bats than the top of the order. Like their at bats look way better. I mean it's pretty frustrating to see that. And I was under the you know, I thought that they should get through this Cleveland team fairly easily. In my opinion, you know, after watching the first game, I, I mean, they fooled me a little bit. I was still questioning whether or not it was like a good thing that winning game one with Judge going over three the way he did and everything like that. I mean, Rizzo hit a big home run in game one. Bader hit the biggest home run. I mean, it pretty much brought life back to the team because Cole had that, you know, disaster inning prior to that. And, uh, but that helped. Absolutely, it helped tie the game in a huge moment, and he's played well. He he took a horrible line to the 
to to Naylor's RBI RBI hit in the tenth. Horrible line. It was just bad. I mean, we got him for his defense, and he's been playing very well on the, on the defensive end. I don't I don't want to kill Bader too much. The sun was. It's tough, man. I've played the outfield. It's it's not easy, but it was a bad line. He could have made the play if he took the correct line. He would have had a chance at least. Just where he where he went with it just didn't. It, it went right over his head. He misplayed it bad. But I mean, ultimately they lost on on two. I mean, Naylor's was a rope. But ultimately they like they lost on two bloops. I mean, I'm not going to kill the pitching for that. They were good pitches. Um, they, they didn't hit the ball. They didn't hit the ball. And it's a little, it's a little scary to see Judge in the funk the way he's in the funk right now. I mean, he came out after the game, said he needs to play better, asked about getting booed and stuff. And I'm not sure if that, those boos were directed towards Judge or just the situation as a whole. Like, cause I mean, let, let's, let's face it that. The lineup is, is going to have to get us through this. I mean, the pitching did what they were supposed to do, man. I mean, you got Jamison Tyone coming in a coming in relief for the first time ever. He's never done that. Uh, you know, that's a questionable decision when you have Clark Schmidt. I don't know why he did that. That That's just something you can question Aaron Boone on. But at the same time, Tyone threw two good pitches that got blooped down for singles and then you got errors all around oh, you're, you're kicking the ball around like you don't know how to play baseball you know that's not on the that's not on the pitching I mean it is what it is look I, like I said I, I kind of I personally was expecting a sweep did I get greedy oh let me turn that off did I get greedy after the first game I probably did I mean I don't know I I looked at it as a positive that the bottom of the lineup did what they did and Rizzo did what he did. And, you know, we won a game with Judge going over three and Stanton going over two. I don't know. I, I thought that was good and Cole looked good. Um, He still scares me with the home run ball. I mean, there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of questions. The bullpen is a huge question mark. I mean, what are we doing in there? And I just don't – I didn't agree with all the decisions made. Like, I don't think you have to rush to Clay Holmes in the ninth. Wandy Peralta's dealing. He's fine. He looked fine. With the way your bullpen is, I don't think you can afford to just keep cycling through guys. I think you should let them – you know, Wandy Peralta looked fine. He he was getting out. It's no problem. I, I didn't think he had to take him out there. You could have waited till the to the you know the next inning or see what happens. Save Clay Holmes to see maybe we get a walk off. We had Judge coming up at the bottom of the ninth. We saw what happened there. Grounded out. He doesn't look like himself right now, so that's a problem. I mean, Cleveland Cleveland's no juggernaut, but I mean they're here for a reason. And I'm willing to admit I I, I got greedy after the first game. I thought this was going to be a rollover. I thought we were going to be fine. Now. I'm I'm not like a lot of fans, and I heard this all week on on all the talk shows that I listen to ESPN New York, like all those shows. And I like, I'm sorry if you're a Yankee fan, and you're sitting here saying you want to see Houston in the in the ALCS. I mean, if today doesn't prove anything, can we fucking just get there first, please? Can we just fucking get there? I mean. Where where is this confidence coming from? Where is it coming from? Your best hitter's not hitting. Your your lineup as a whole isn't hitting. Cleveland's got good pitching, don't get me wrong, but like we need to, you know, our pitching is holding up their end of the bargain. <laughs> and and the lineup's not doing anything. <laughs> Stanton had a big home run today. I mean, that's all he did, though. It wasn't enough. Two runs. That was it. That's all we got. First inning. <laughs> that was it. We, we they just shut it down after that, and that can't happen. <laughs> I mean, it can't. I don't think you should, like. Like I said, I don't like Judge leading off. I think he should be batting third at least. I think you can. I think you can lead Rizzo off personally. I like Rizzo leading off more than anybody. Um, 
because he draws a lot of walks. Not that Judge doesn't, but he just looks like he's in a funk right now, and I don't think he needs to lead off. You need to you need to protect him somewhere. I mean, Stanton looks like he anytime he connects with a ball, it's going to leave the yard. So, I mean, his at bats are pretty good. Have been have been good. There's a lot of questions marks, man. I, I mean, I know I've said it already, but it's just it, it's frustrating. It's it's super frustrating, and you expect this team to win a World Series, and you got people talking about like, oh, you'd rather see the Astros over Seattle because you know they cheated in 2017. First of all, half that team is gone. Second of all, it, it, like the Astros are a better team. You're probably gonna lose to the Astros in the ALCS. I mean, can we be honest, Yankee fans, please, for a second? I get it's baseball. I get teams like Washington who have 88 wins a few years ago can make a run. I understand all that. I do. But the inconsistency in this lineup is a huge issue, and it seems to happen every single year with this team. Every year. It's never the pitching, although Cole last year was horrendous. So it, I'll give you last year in the wild card game against Boston. I'll give you that. But... I mean, are, if we're going to be honest, Judge really kind of disappears in the postseason. His stats aren't great, and he's not starting off very well this year. I mean, look, I'm not saying don't pay him. After He had a historic season, and he's going to win the MVP. And, by the way, Bob Costas today. Dude, you were bad. I'm sorry. I mean, it sounded like you were, like, trying to sell something the whole time. Like, could you just... And by the way, you're an air judge hater. Hater. How, how can you, like, look, I've, I've said this before. Otani, I don't want to take nothing away from Otani, man. Like, he's great. He, he's great. But if he wins this year, he, he has to win every year. Because if, if he wins this year, you're only making that decision solely because he pitches and bats. And is really good at both. And I get that. We haven't seen that in a long time. But Judge's year was... A lot of a lot of people are calling it the greatest offensive season uh, anyone's ever had. And I've, and I've gone through the whole reasons why I think it's up there. I'm not, I'm not willing to say it's the greatest ever, but it's up there. It's definitely top five. I agree with that. Top five for sure. I would have to go through the list. But... Look, it at the end of the day as a Yankee fan, it all it really doesn't matter what what you do in the regular season. And I said before Judge's run for 62 was masking a, a huge situation going on with the Yankees. You know, I said it also that I don't think this team's going to win a World Series. And by the way, especially especially if they see Houston I mean, have you seen Houston? <laughs> don't get don't get me wrong. Game one, Verlander got rocked, but I mean, they're a juggernaut. They can't come back all the way back. Jordan Alvarez is a beast. He's a beast. That team, that team is. It's so crazy. All the people they lost. You get Garrett Cole from them. You get, uh, I mean, Carlos Correa leaves. Who, by the way, is pretty good on the pre and post. I mean, he throws shade at the Yankees and. I mean, they're assholes still for that, like the way they just don't care that they even cheated, and like, it it's bothersome a little bit. But he does give good analysis, and it's, and I enjoy it actually. I don't. He's not hateable until he starts saying shit. Like it's crazy. But and as a Yankee fan, do I want to beat Houston? Absolutely. The whole problem with the with the ideology of thinking like you're a soft fan or something like that. If you don't want to play Houston, I mean, fine. <laughs> if that's something you want to, I'm a realistic fan, and I know Houston's better than us. That's just that's just point blank. Period. Simple. So, would I rather see Seattle? Which, by the way, is no cakewalk. I mean, they can hit the ball, and they got good starting pitching. I mean, imagine we place it like. See, here we here I go. I'm I'm under the mindset. Can we just get there? Like I'm gonna end all that talk, and we'll see what happens. It just bothers me that that type of stuff gets brought up, 
and this team hasn't proven anything, and everybody just expects them to get there. Well, they just they just lost to Cleveland. I mean, this. And don't get me wrong, I'm 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 just as guilty as anybody. I, I'm sitting here saying after game one that this, they should easily win this series. And granted, it is it's only one game. The problem that I have with it is the one game you lost, you know, was in was at home. Now now you got to win the next two out of three, and two of those games are going to be in Cleveland. So you have to you have to win one in Cleveland. You have to. And you got Severino going tomorrow night. And the last time we saw him, he had seven no-hit innings in Texas. And Boone took him out just to preserve him. Which I wasn't mad at because it was only his, I think it was his, only his third start back or second start back. And it was his last one before the playoffs. And uh, I have confidence in him. But, but again, I don't have confidence in the bats. If the bats don't wake up, we're not going to win. It's 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 just that simple. God, it's so frustrating. God, ah, it's frustrating. But I'm gonna go to the Mets real quickly. Um, yeah, man, y'all, y'all, I feel for you Mets Mets fans because I consider that a failed season. I mean, just considering the last week and a half, I know you won over a hundred games, and we're gonna talk all that talk about. The fourth Mets, like they're they're it's only the fourth time the Mets have ever gotten to a hundred games, hundred wins, and uh, that not and I don't want to shit on that because that's something like you don't play 162 games for no reason, but you know, I initially said it wasn't a collapse. Well, I gotta tell you, I think I'm I'm changing my whole mindset on that. I mean, first off. You lose, you get swept by Atlanta, when all you needed to do was win one game, and you hold the tiebreaker against Atlanta, and you would have won the division. You needed one game, and you would have won the division, and you had your pitching lined up. You had, the, you had you, that was your first playoff series. That was your first playoff series. The series against Atlanta, and you got swept. You had your pitching all lined up. Your three best pitchers going on the mound, and they and. Scherzer did not look good. DeGrom did not look good. And Bassett had a 3-1 lead going into the second inning, and he gave it up. So, that should have been your first red flag. Then, you get San Diego in the wild card round, and look, you decide to pitch Scherzer, and in hindsight, it, it does seem like you got a little greedy with it. Because when you, I know I said I initially agreed with that decision, and uh, I look back on it now. You know, I guess I had, I just had the same mindset that everybody else had. I thought I thought you guys were gonna roll right through the Padres. I did. Considering the Padres lineup, I know they have Juan Soto. I know they have Machado. Profar is a very good leadoff guy. Um, <laughs> Grisham, who was a non-factor during the regular season, hit 184, killed you. And look, it, Scherzer got blown up. I mean, he got rocked. Four and two-thirds, seven earned runs. I think he gave up four home runs and four strikeouts. He didn't have a walk, but he got rocked. He gave up seven, all seven runs. And... It's uh, it's unfortunate. So, you know, in hindsight, looking back on it, and the reason I say it seems like you got a little greedy is because, you know, like, like I said, we all thought the same thing. Like, I think you thought you were going to roll through the Padres. I th- think we all did. So, Scherzer gives you that piss-poor performance, and you have DeGrom go game two when, in retrospect, you probably should have went DeGrom game one because that's the more important game. But either way, you still would have won three games because <laughs> if Scherzer does that in the second game, you know, we, it's all semantics from at this point. But you go get the, you get decent DeGrom to good DeGrom. He was good DeGrom. He only gave, gave up two earned runs, and you hit the ball out of the park. Lindor with a home run, Alonzo with a home run. You, you did well. 
and then Bassett comes in for game three and just and good, you know. He didn't look right. You you get shut out. That whole deal with uh, what's his face's ears, saying he had the icy hot or whatever it was on his ears. I don't know. Had Buck. That was a stupid story throughout the week too. I mean, what 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 do you want Buck to do in that situation? Of course he's gonna look. Try to throw him off something. It's games. It's gamesmanship at that point because you're desperate. Like, everybody was killing him. Like, oh, it was a desperate move. Bad look. Like, no. I mean, he was desperate. What else do you want him to do? He's got Joe Musgrove. That's who it is. Couldn't remember the dude's name. But you're desperate. He's, 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 you're getting one hit. And you got one hit. I mean, that's horrible, man. You know, and you, you know, I mean, let's look into the future now. You're losing to Grom. It sounds like he's not coming back. I mean, Billy Epler came out today say said their relation he feels his their relationship is strong, but I mean he's opting out and from every, he he's been talking about it all year how he's gonna opt out. And from everything everyone is saying, Atlanta's gonna give him a contract. Imagine that he goes to the Braves and just is lights out. These guys don't want to play in New York anymore, man. I mean, I was going to get into that a little bit. The way the fans react and stuff like that. Now, listen, at the end of the day, it's New York, and it's going to happen, and I'm not apologizing for it to, for, to anybody because you don't perform, you're going to get booed. It's just, plain, it's just plain and simple. Plain and simple. Don't sit there and cry about it. You're not playing well, and we're going to let you know. But is that really conducive like like look at the Knicks the Knicks have been trying to get superstars for years they haven't been able to get anybody because it's just brutal here you got you got 100 media members in the locker room at the end of every game asking you questions when DeGrom like going into his brain for a second thinking to himself probably if I go to Atlanta I got maybe 12 at my locker every day got to be in there for 20 minutes answer some questions leave that's it chill and not be scolded for every word I say because that's exactly what would happen there. He wouldn't. I mean, if he stays in New York, that's going to continue to happen. Now, I don't think the Grom gets like killed by New York media. I think everybody loves him, and for good reason. He's the best pitcher in baseball. There's no doubt about that. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like he's not. But I mean, I mean, if he doesn't want to be in New York, he doesn't want to be in New York. I'm just letting you guys know, as Mets fans, like you guys need to know, like he's probably not going to come back now. You guys having the owner that you have, I'm sure there's a plan B, C, D, E, F, all the way to Z. I'm sure they got something cooked up for you. I mean, Otani just signed just signed the one year arbitration deal with with L. A. But that doesn't mean they still can't snag him, and I think they're gonna try to. And by the way, they could be in the running for judge because they need a bat. So, and I think. Steve Cohen is crazy enough to open up the checkbook for Judge. You know, it's going to be very interesting to see. And, yeah, man, I mean, I'm sorry, but you guys definitely collapsed. That was a definite collapse. There's no two ways about that. You shouldn't even have been playing the Padres. But you didn't rise to the challenge. One in five in playoff games. That's not good. Not good. All right. <sighs> All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna transition to the more positive side of the New York sports landscape now. I wanted to open with those two teams for that reason. I'm very frustrated, and it's a fresh loss for the Yankees. But at the end of the day, it is still only one game. They got to hold. You know. They're playing the next four nights, so we're going to see what happens very, very quickly. Um, but we got to get to the Giants and the Jets. Both get wins again. The Giants get the biggest win they've had in maybe the past five seasons, beating Green Bay in London. The Jets beat Miami 40-17, to their first division win in two years. But, man, look, it was... It was a day, let me tell you. So I told you in the last episode that I was helping my cousin move back, you know, into her apartment in, Myr in Myrtle Beach. And uh, 
So it was, you know, we got up and by the way, house divided this week. My girlfriend is a huge Packer fan. So we were, you know, button heads a little, you know, there's a little, little button heads during the day, but all fun, you know, sports and stuff, shit talk, you know, and just like <laughs> we leave at like seven, seven thirty. I think we left here at seven thirty. We got to my cousin's apartment around nine fifteen. Game started at nine thirty in the morning, and uh, <clears throat> the second I get there, they're moving shit out of the truck and stuff. So they already had the couch out. So I helped bring the couch up and stuff. And right away, I'm like trying to get my phone up. And thank God, you know, I have YouTube TV right now, and it's and it is it's clutch in situations like that because you can pull it up right on the phone, and boom, and like it's right there. It was perfect. So, you know, my cousin's boyfriend's family and, you know, my aunt is there. Everybody's helping unpack and stuff. And I'm just, (laughs) I pull my phone out the second we get the couch upstairs. And uh, (laughs) I'll put it right on the table. And I I was able to watch the beginning of the game and all that. And I was just, you know, I was acting like myself watching a giant game in front of people that never have seen me, you know, in front of the TV or phone watching a giant game before. So it was it was definitely new to them. My aunt, my aunt seemed embarrassed a couple times. But hey, that's what you're going to get when, you know, you, you get my help on a moving day and the Giants are playing at the same time. So, yeah, no, I was wa- running around with my phone all day. We had to go to... Uh, my cousin's boyfriend's grandfather's house to get uh, uh, some more furniture and stuff. So I'm literally sitting in the U-Haul with the with the phone in my hand watching the game. They probably thought I was a crazed maniac. But, you know, that's what happens. And th- they freaking won the game, man. Oh. The Giants won the game. And, you know, the beginning of the game looked very bleak. I got to admit, I, I could tell the defense came to play, but, you know, they were still trying to get used to the offense that they were going against, and Rodgers was, was making some big plays. They they broke off a few plays on us, and uh, it's 17-3 to early, and I'm sitting there, like, pissed. I'm just unhappy, and uh, I'm not thinking it's over, like, Considering how the Giants have played throughout the whole season so far, like I thought, like they still had a chance to m- make a move, but I, but it just did not look good. And uh, we got it to twenty to ten, and going to halftime, and I'm thinking to myself, "All right, well, I'm pretty sure the Giants got ball back at half, and." I was like, okay, let's see if we could do anything here. And I'm getting a field goal, and I'm thinking to myself, okay. And look, overall, and I'm going to just say it again, the coaching has been a godsend to this team. I mean, it just has. You could tell they make the adjustments, especially at halftime. It was 20-10 going into halftime. The defense held Green Bay scoreless. And only gave up 101 total yards in the second half against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay offense. 101 total yards, and they didn't score a point. I mean, what does that tell you right there? The Giants are clearly a second-half team, off both offensively and defensively, because they know how to make the adjustments. It's, It's like... It's weird to see because we haven't seen something like this in a long time for the Giants, so it makes you really excited. And I'll get into the matchup a little bit with the with the Ravens because I think we match up very well. But you know, you hold you hold a team like Green Bay scoreless in the second half, and like you start to think to yourself, and dude, you had you had injuries like like you had a touchdown drive with no Saquon on the field. And you know, I was gonna get. I'm, you know, I'm gonna get into this now. This is the first time after a game that I started to seriously question whether or not the Giants have their quarterback or not. 
Now look, before everybody starts going nuts after that comment, I, I'm still leaning towards no. But, but you know, I heard Dan Orlovsky come on the K show the other day and say they should franchise tag him. Why? Well, I don't think I don't know why you would franchise tag him because what the franchise tag essentially does is it's a one-year deal and it's the average, I believe, of the top five or ten players at that position, like salary-wise. So I think I heard that if we sign him on the franchise tag, it'd be one year, thirty-one million. I'm sorry, but I think you, me, everybody knows, and I think Daniel Jones knows that he is not going to get close to that going anywhere else I mean let's be honest if he's not playing quarterback for the Giants he's not playing quarterback as a starter anywhere so with that being the case I think what you do for now is sign him I don't know what's middle of the road 20 million a year so a two-year, $40 million deal, 30 guaranteed. And, well, not don't even guarantee it. You don't have to guarantee his contract. Don't even do that because he's still technically on a prove-it deal if you do that. And the reason you do that is that doesn't, that doesn't affect, like, you drafting a quarterback if you want. So, look, is he the answer at quarterback? I, I, look, I, I still... I still say no to that because it's been three years I've been saying no to that and only after this one game have I started to think twice. But you got to understand, the reason I feel this way right now is because he just played outstanding. Did he get – and the numbers are a little skewed. I get it. Like he only has three touchdown passes on the year. He has two interceptions through five games two interceptions through five games is not bad I get the three touchdowns you want more of that but he runs too like he's a runner and you need to understand how bad their wide receiving situation is it's just bad now these guys are making plays and I guess you can argue like you hear Keyshawn Johnson all the time talk about like well who said they were bad like, clearly they're proving to you like they can play, which I think has a lot more to do than like with the coaching than anything else. So with that being said, I, I think they're just getting put in the right spots. And which is why I think if you, if you can make a move that's reasonable to get, you know, uh, somebody, like a guy. Like, you know, there were rumors of them going after DJ Moore. If they got DJ Moore for, you know, a decent a decent package, I, I wouldn't be opposed to that. But the last thing I saw about that was uh I forgot who it was that offered a a a, a deal for him. And it was like a second round pick this year and a fourth round pick. I'm not giving that much up. I'm not I don't want to do that. I mean if you can get if you can get him for like a fifth round pick, then sure, but I it doesn't seem like that's gonna happen. So, I don't know. You got to look into somebody, though. I think you got to find somebody to give a spark to this to to that room because now you get Wandale Robinson back this week. He's the rookie out of Kentucky that we haven't even seen play yet. So I'll be interested to see how they use him. Tony's going to be out again, of course. Gall- Galladay's out again, of course. You hopefully get Leonard Williams back. I think he's supposed to play. Um, we'll see what they do with Landon Collins, but I mean, what they're doing right now is just awesome. It's just awesome. And I think you can make the argument for Daniel Jones right now to, to stick around a little bit. I mean, what do you, what do you, what can you say if he's winning? I mean, really think about it because free agency isn't going to be shit really. I mean, who's going to be the... You know the A guy in the free agent class, Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm I'm good. I I think I'd rather have Daniel Jones. He's more athletic. If I'm being honest, I mean, dude, they're four and one right now, and they just beat Green Bay in London, and no one thought they were gonna win that game. Am I starting to think playoffs? Come see me after 
Who do they play after the Ravens? I think they're in Jacksonville after the Ravens. Come see me after that game. Because, well, really, if they win the Ravens games, you have to start thinking playoffs. And I have reason to believe that they have a very good chance. I mean, Wink Martindale is our defensive coordinator. He knows Lamar Jackson more than anybody, better than anybody. He was coaching against them for four years in Baltimore. I mean, if anybody can figure him out, it's it's him. And who am I to question him at this point with the way he has the defense playing? I I, I mean, I saw I saw a clip of him the other day. He said his job is to be a calm presence presence on the sideline. He's like, yeah, you know, showing emotion is good and all and everything like that, but you know, it takes you away from the from the next play if you start showing that emotion for the one play previously. So I just, you know, I see the cameras pan to me. That's essentially what he's saying. I see the cameras pan to me, and I'm, I have no facial expression. That's because I'm focused on the next play. And that that calming presence, you can see it in Dayball too. Now Dayball gets fired up after games are over. I don't know if you saw the clip of him walking off the field. He was going off. But it, I'd be remiss to say if there's something special on this team. Because, look, you could argue that Green Bay doesn't isn't as good as everybody thought they were. You could argue that right now. But, I mean, that's the biggest win the Giants have had in uh, six years. What year are we in? Six years. Easily. And uh, it was very nice to watch. My girl got a little mad at me. When the game ended, because uh, you know I was getting on her a little bit, and I was just telling her I was like, "Listen, hey, if if the roles were flipped, and because she asked me, she even she even got to the point where she was like, so if my team won, I could do the same thing.' I was like, uh, yeah, actually, you could. <laughs> you definitely could, and I'd have to sit there and freaking eat it. But today I don't have to." Big win by the Giants, and I think they do have a chance against Baltimore. We'll see what happens. If they beat Baltimore, you have to start thinking playoffs. You have to. I mean, like I said, they got winnable games. Look, if you go 5-7, and seven, that's all I'm asking for. In the last 12 games, wild card. You win nine games in the NFC, you don't think that's a wild card? Maybe 10? So so six and six, you go six and six. You go five hundred in the last twelve games with the teams that you have coming up: Jacksonville, Houston, Indy. Who doesn't seem like a juggernaut at this point? Everybody thought they were going to be good. They look horrible. Seattle. Now, I I mean, going to Seattle scares me a little bit, but. They're not any type of world beater. Geno Smith looks pretty good. I have him on fantasy, and he's helped me a lot this year. But are they a juggernaut? I don't think so. I think you could be able to beat them. It's a tough place to play, though. I will admit that. Six and six, man. Six and six in the next 12, and you should be in there. I mean, one of these teams got to die off eventually. And I'm talking Dallas and Philly, who play each other this weekend. I don't even know like who I'm rooting for in that game. Like I guess I don't even know. Like I can't it, I hope they both lose. I hope they fucking both lose. I hate both of those teams with a passion. But yeah. Um and my college buddies will get a kick out of this ecstatic <laughs> about the Giants right now. They're, they they they've they've had me elated the whole week. That game was just that I was floating after that game. I couldn't believe they won that game. I'm so happy, and they have a chance against Baltimore. Don't sleep on them. Do I expect them to win? No, probably not. But w- I wouldn't be surprised if they did. Just keep an eye on the Giants, man. We got to start te- taking them seriously. All right, let's get to the Jets, man. The Jets beat Miami. They beat Miami, get their first division win in two years. And and 
you know, the final score didn't really tell the whole story because it was a good game for the most part. Final score was 40-17. to 17. Oh, one, one stat I want to get to with the Giants. I'm sorry I forgot this. Um, the Giants are outscoring their opponents 70-39 to 39 in the second half this year. So if that doesn't show you halftime adjustments, I don't know what would. All right, I'm sorry. Back to the Jets. I apologize. Forgot that little nugget there. But, uh, yeah, man, Jets get their first division dub in two years. And I said before the game, um, you had to win that game, and you went out and won that game. Now, Teddy Bridgewater goes out the first play of the game by a great play by Sauce Gardner and caused the intentional grounding for the safety. And you got Skylar Thompson as the third-string quarterback, rookie, I don't even remember what college he went to. Not some crazy crazy school or anything like that. But anyway, the Jets looked very good. I mean, I would expect you to do well on defense going against the third string. You still gave up you still gave up a lot of big gains in the run. Uh most of it was running all over you. But your passing defense was good and you know, you made plays when you needed to, and then the offense just just absolutely went apeshit in the fourth quarter. And you know, I'm looking I wrote I wrote it down and it's what reminded me to go back to the Giants stat that I had. The Jets are outscoring their opponents seventy nine to twenty in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter alone. Outscored Miami twenty one nothing in the fourth. That was a nineteen seventeen game going into the fourth. And Zach Wilson looks good. He looks good. He he led those drives. I mean, Brees Hall was a fucking man amongst men. <laughs> it, it, I felt so bad for him because he was just he was so close to getting in the end zone all the time. He just ended up on the one yard line. You got Michael Carter in there for two touchdowns on two rushes for a yard each. I bet Brees Hall fantasy owners were pissed about that, but. He looked great. And listen, man, the Jets the Jets have a team. They got some they got some guys. And really, it's so weird. The the weird dynamic between the Jets and the Giants, because the Jets the Jets get praised about their talent and how much offensive talent they have and how, you know, you know, their defensive guys like Quinn and Williams and Sauce Gardner and, 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 and Reed and Joyner and C.J. Mosley and, you know, all those guys, Carl Lawson, you know, they're playing well. And they got a lot of talent. And you got Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, um, Uzomo, Conklin. You got you got weapons all over the place. Now, your offensive line is somewhat in flux, but they've seemed to hold it together fairly well, especially with the game you just had against Miami. And I don't know, man. That that offense, when it's clicking like that, I don't know why it takes them so long to get there because the fourth quarter, they just, they just destroy you. Destroy you. And boy, did they destroy Miami. A 40-17 final. I mean that's a big that's the biggest win for the Jets in, in about three years, four years. When was the last time they shit, sixteen was the same year, so six years. And look, man. If Zach Wilson can play and play like this consistently, you guys got something. The only question I have for you is your coach still. And that's where I'm going back to the dynamic between the Giants and the Jets because you guys get praised strictly on the talent that you have. The Giants get praised strictly on the coaching because of the lack of talent that they have. And I guess you can make the argument, like I said earlier, about like the receivers not being good. But so I like my point being like you can make the argument that like the Giants do have talent with the way they're playing. But I think it's more scheme than anything else. I mean. Name a guy on 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 the defense that would start on a lot of other teams. I mean, so you got a Dory Jackson who would start, Leonard Williams would start, Dexter Lawrence would start. Well, you know, I, you know what? 
you see, I'm. Uh, that's what I'm. Uh, that's what I start doing. Like I, I go through all the freaking names, and then I'm sitting there thinking to myself, "Well, that's pretty good," because I was about to say Thibodeau, and he would start. He's a fifth overall pick. Kidding me? Ojolari, who's been hurt, he would start. So I'm thinking, well, he might not start. Depends on the team, but like, you see what I mean? Like now, I just, I just, I just forced myself into the other option there because reading those names off, that's a pretty talented front. Your linebacker situation isn't great, but Tay Crowder's been playing his fucking ass off for you this year. And I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be going on on with the Jets right now. <laughs> Oh man, I'm just loving it. I'm loving the good football in New York. It's it's great, it's great. But you got back to the Jets for a little bit. I just got to make this point real quick. You got a stud in Sauce Garden, stud. You're waiting on his first interception. It happens. He makes the sack for a safety because he forced an intentional grounding. Happened. Baller. Kid's a straight baller. And. I'm not going to call him Darrell Revis yet, but it seems to me like he's already on a superstar level, in my opinion. He looks really, 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 really good. Really good. Was not a waste, wasted pick. No. No, 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 no. But now you go to Green Bay, and you're going into Green Bay after they lose a fucking... Just a really bad loss for them against the Giants in London. It's a bad loss for Green Bay. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, what Green Bay team are you going to get? Are you going to get a hungry Green Bay team that is pissed off about their loss against the Giants that they didn't think they should lose that game and they come out, like, with their hair on fire and just go off on you? I personally don't think that is going to happen at all. Um they've been too inconsistent the the one worry i would have if i'm the if i'm a jet fan is you need to be better against the run because you got aaron jones and aj dillon coming out of that backfield and they're no scrubs those dudes those dudes know what the fuck they're doing and you got aaron rodgers as a quarterback now he has no one to throw to i mean he's relying on an old ass t- uh, randall cobb and and Alan Alan Lazard, which on a good team is a third wide receiver at best, wide receiver three, and he's their number one. Excuse me, I'm a little stuffed up right now. I've just had a I've had a bad day. The Yankees really, the Yankees really like put me in a bad mood. Rangers are starting right now, actually. So I'm gonna have to put that on in a little bit because they might they might. They might put me put my spirits back up. Halak start Halak starting tonight though. I'm sorry, I got really stuffy like in the middle of this. But no, that I think the Jets have have an opportunity here to make a huge statement, and it'll say a lot about the coaching if you if you if you get a win here or like. You don't you don't even have to win this game, but it needs to be competitive. I don't want you to go out there and look inept because I still have that question mark about this coaching staff. Now there's an interesting like little caveat going into this. I mean, Mike LaFleur and Matt LaFleur are brothers. Matt LaFleur being the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, Mike LaFleur is the offensive coordinator for the Jets. So that's a cool little storyline. But um either way, you know the Jets have proven like they can they can make plays and win games, and let's be real, no one thought they were going to be three and two just just as much as no one thought the Giants were going to be four and one at this point. But you know everybody before the season started, everybody was saying Jets were going to be zero and five, like or wouldn't be surprised if they would be zero and five considering the strength of schedule. Well, they're three and two, miracle win against Cleveland. You looked you looked good against Pittsburgh. Well, you looked good in the fourth against Pittsburgh. You played decent in the first half against uh, Miami, and you looked you looked great in the fourth quarter again. So let's see what happens. I don't. I think Green Bay is a little overrated right now. 
Uh, you know, my girlfriend's probably not going to be thrilled to hear that, but they haven't shown me anything, and Rodgers looks very disinterested at the moment because he has no wide receivers, and I bet you're missing Devontae Adams, which, by the way, I'm going to get into that. You know what? I just I just brought him up, and now I'm going to get into that. I forgot about that story. Hold on. Devontae Adams the other night, walking off the field against uh, against Kansas City. Heartbreaking loss, you know. Same old stuff that these players deal with every week, and especially <laughs> Las Vegas because they're starting off starting off one and four, and I expected more out of that team. I'm not going to lie, especially with McDaniel's making his second round as a head coach. It's not looking so good. But this guy, as he's walking off the field, you know, there's a dude that works at the stadium. I don't know if he's a photographer or whatever. He had something in his hands, whatever. Devontae Adams starts walking into the tunnel, and he kind of, like, jumps in front of him, the guy with the equipment, and you could see, like, Adams, like, push him, shove him down. And uh, he does. And apparently the guy suffered um, a slight concussion. They said uh, it's possible he suffered a slight concussion and headaches and whiplash from the push. And um, he was he pressed charges. Uh, they were misdemeanor charges. And look, everybody's killing Adams for doing what he did. And look, I'm not defending the action. You shouldn't you shouldn't be pushing people. I don't know why. I don't know why you would be pushing people. Although, I mean, you could argue like look what look what's been going on around the league. I mean, you've had you got you've had people running onto the field getting tackled happened in two separate games. And uh you know, it's just you never know what they could, those people could have on them. Like you never know. And so and you know you're getting you're but besides that point I'm not gonna I'm not that's not even a good defense like he shouldn't he shouldn't have you know like pushed him but if you look at the video like the guy kind of like jumps in front of him like and he was staring at him the whole time like the guy was staring at Devontae Adams the whole time and like saw him coming and he jumped in front of him like as he's trying to get off the field and you know it you know it looked like a reaction that he pushed him and everything and you know he's kind of getting killed for it and he came out and apologized and it kind of explained the situation and like i said i'm not defending the push he still shouldn't have done that but i mean could could we pay for the medical bills and just call it a day you really got to press charges on the guy he just lost the game by a point heartbreaking loss against a team that really in a game that they had to win I mean, really, like, the only reason it's so bad is because there was video of it. Like, can we just, can we just chill out a little bit? I don't know. That's just my opinion on it. I don't, I don't love that it happened. Like I said, he shouldn't have pushed him, and he apologized. He sounded sincere. I don't know. I, I thought it was sincere. I want to kill the guy. He's emotional. I mean, these guys, I get it. Like, you're role models and yada, yada, yada. But can we please remember that they're human beings, too, please? Let's just not forget that. All right. I do want to get into the Rangers because I am about to finish on this. And uh, um, they just look great. And I'm loving it. And look, I, I, I'm jumping to conclusions here. It's only two games in against two of the best teams in hockey. Um. They're, they're, they probably, I think the puck dropped already. I got to turn this thing on. But Shesterkin, you know, looks like Shesterkin. Looks like one of the better goalies in the league. Probably the number one goalie in the league. Game one against Tampa. I know I brought it up in the last episode. Bauer, sorry, bud. Uh, that game should have been 6-1. But Vasilevsky is the real deal. He, he's... he. Look, as a, as a real... If I'm being objective properly, he's probably still number one. But I think... The team now that the Rangers have um, is is overall better than that team because you got Kako flying, you got Lafreniere flying, Heedle's flying, Zabinajad is flying, Kreider is flying. Everybody is playing so well. You got the Breadman Panarin who who just 
He he has the best vision in the league, and it's not close. The guy the guy finds the lanes for each pass, and people like like the goal um, last night against the Wild, where Panarin you know Lafreniere essentially got the first assist because Panarin dropped it off to him, but like he sees. He sees Kreider. I think it was Kreider. Was it Kreider breaking? That might have been the Trocheck goal. I don't remember which one it was exactly. But he sees... The, no, that was Fox's goal. He sees Fox coming down from the point, like breaking, like cutting down from the point, And knows like Lafreniere would, had, would have like the angle for the pass for him cutting. So he gives it to Lafreniere at the perfect time. And the pass was on the money from Lafreniere. Like, Panarin is filthy. I mean, let's just be honest. That team is very good. Here's the one Here's the one thing I have to say about this team in a somewhat negative way. Can we please, 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 please stay out of the fucking penalty box? I feel like we've lived there. I mean, two five-on-threes in, in the first two games already given up five-on-threes. Now, you... you you killed the the five on three against Minnesota. You didn't kill it against Tampa because Tampa's just too good to give a five on three to. You can't give that team a five on three. But can we just can we try to stay out of the box? Can we please try to stay out of the box? I mean, you got the best goalie defensively the other night against Tampa. You looked overwhelming. Like you looked, you just looked like the straight up better team. You did. And I'll get into a little bit of Islanders. I Look, I got to be honest. I didn't focus too much on the Islanders. There's a reason why I want my guy Ferg to come on this. And I'm in the process of figuring out how we get that done. He's the, he's the, he's the friend group Islander fan that cares the most in my opinion and knows the most. And would have the knowledge to come on and talk Islanders because I'm not going to sit here and try to butcher everything about the Islanders. I know that goal scoring for them is going to be an issue and it has been an issue because um, you got the goaltending. But losing home opener, I still scratch my head about Barry Trotz um, leaving the team, essentially. I don't, I don't remember if he got fired or just left, but... Either way, I, I just don't. It's I still scratch my head at that best best coach in the league. I don't know why he would have wanted to leave. I don't know if he butted head with with uh, Barzell. I don't know if the plan was to groom the coach who it is now. And I I I don't know it. It befuddles me a little bit. But I do want you to come on and talk the Metro with me, my friend, because personally, as a Ranger fan, I think it's going to be a great year. I just think it's going to be a great year, and I, I'm very interested to see to see uh, what Halak does against um, Winnipeg tonight. Um, so yeah, I think I'm going to end it there because I'd like to uh, go watch that game. So yeah, Yankees lose. They play again tomorrow night, Game Three in Cleveland. Severino against McKenzie on the mound. Let's see what Sevy can do. Uh, I'm I'm hoping and and uh, praying that these freaking bats wake the hell up. Uh, you got the Jets at Green Bay this weekend. I think the Jets have an opportunity to win that game. That's just me. Uh, the Giants against Baltimore, same thing. I think the Giants might win this game. And imagine be five being five and one. Woo, buddy! Imagine being five and one. And by the way, before I go, I want to do I do want to give you all some picks if you if you are, are thinking about throwing throwing some money on some picks. Uh, you got Jacksonville at Indianapolis. I love Jacksonville in that game. They're given the two points. Indy's a two point favorite, so I think Jacksonville's gonna win that game outright, no problem. Um, especially considering what happened in the first game against those two. I got Jacksonville winning that game big. I don't care if they're on the road. Um I got Seattle at home against Arizona, and they're a three-point underdog. I don't understand that. I thought I, I think Seattle. I think Seattle wins that game easily as well. There's nothing special about Arizona. What's going on there? 
So that's two underdogs for you this week if you're looking to bet some money. Um, I do, I do, I did pick in the picks this week. Carolina, even though PJ Walker is uh, starting at quarterback, hey, he might give you all a spark, especially after firing Matt Rule. I didn't even get into all that because, I mean, I, that should have happened prior to this week in my opinion but hey that's neither here or there baker's out with a high ankle sprain um so you got pj walker in there but i don't trust the rams at all and let's face it the rams home games aren't really home games so i just i i picked carolina strictly because the number's too large i wouldn't bet this game but you know they're 11 point underdogs at la I think they'll cover the number. I don't think they'll win. I think the Rams will win, but I think they'll cover the 11. I think that number's just huge. But no, the only the, the the other game I would I would throw money down on is the Chargers over Denver. Chargers are uh where are they at? Chargers they play Monday night, that's why. Okay. So in LA Chargers, Denver. How does Denver get another primetime game? That's horrendous. They need to, like, take them out of that slot. They are, they're horrendous. But, anyway, I got the Chargers laying the five and a half. Uh, they're five and a half point favorites. Why am I saying five and a half? They're five point favorites. No hook. So, I think they win that game easily. Um. So, yeah, those are my picks. Sorry, I know. I went all over the place. I'm I'm in a bad mood from the Yankees. Just let me be. They're, they're right back at it tomorrow night. We'll see what Seve does. Jets, I think, can get a win. Giants, I think, can get a win. Um, I'd like to say next week that, you know, Jets and Giants both win again. It, it's, it's getting fun to say that. But now I'm going to go watch the Rangers. All right, guys. I appreciate you all listening again. Thank you. Good night. Bye.